there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second period. All right, folks, welcome back. To Vegas Hockey Hotline, or welcome to Vegas Hockey Hotline, brought to you by Station Casinos and the STN app. Chris Johnson, I'm Dana Lane. Thanks for joining us. We had a in-depth conversation on the pictures that are being sent back from this. What's this incredible telescope that's out there? And you're the saying it's the edge. Yeah. It's the edge of the universe. Suppose, so not the edge. I said the beginning. The basically, so like basically, is the beginning, not the edge. <laughs> no. Uh, oh. Basically, um, the thing is <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the web telescope, right, it's basically sent up to find infrared, uh, basically gamma rays coming in from, from galaxies and, light and stars from billions and billions of years ago. From when we believe the universe was created, we find light coming from. But they're sending out the first pictures right now of um, possible stuff that we haven't seen before. Like, there's like, they found like... a ton of extra universes and uh, galaxies that we haven't even seen before from just one picture today and that was the first pictures of that telescope that we sent out it's supposed to be better better than hubble telescope so it's gonna be a really really cool thing to watch kind of unfold the next few day, next few uh years you know what i would love to see it is some live live feed of this telescope and i know you're not going to know who this is but i would love to just the panning the universe and all of a sudden Marvin the Martian just shows up on the end of this camera, you know, with his, with his scrub brush on the top of his, his helmet. And that's what I want to see. It's all very fascinating. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's all very fascinating. What's also fascinating is the free agency period in the National Hockey League. There's a lot going on. Yesterday was announced, of course, that Evgeny Malkin uh, will test the free agent market. This was absolutely expected, especially after Chris Letang uh, signed with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And again, I mean, we are looking at a lot of guys that are at a at an age where you're not. They're looking for term, and it's that middle ground where you're you're 32, 33, 35 sometimes, and it's that ground where you're looking. Guys are less concerned about money right now. And more concerned about term. And that's where the struggles come from. And that's a, I don't think there's a financial struggle in Pittsburgh with Malkin. I think there's a term struggle. And I don't blame Pittsburgh. I don't blame them at all. We're not giving you. Uh, they were willing. They started out at, at two years, around $6 million. I don't think that was a problem. Uh, money's not the problem there. But they're not giving him a, a four- or five-year deal at 35. That's just not going to happen. It's irresponsible if they do. I think Pittsburgh thinks, hey, look, we we have played without you quite a bit. And I think we're good. We love that Latang is coming back. I think we feel pretty confident uh, in where our team is right now. Um, 
let's bring our ne- in our next guest, uh, friend of the show. Was, we had a great conversation last time he was on. The Hall of Fame Adirondack Red Wing goaltender from the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's bring in Darren Elliott. And, and Darren, I, I wondered, you know, going kind of going through your history a little bit, and you bounced around, you know, after college from, from place to place. You played in New Haven. You played in Adirondack. You played, of course, in the National Hockey League. But I just kind of wondered, like, is there is there a part of you that that misses this time of year? And it's certainly you miss the money. But for you, if you signed an NHL deal, especially if you got later and you knew, hey, look, I might not get another deal, is term more important to you or was the money more important? Term was always um, important. Um, it, we are back in the story as we talk about our contracts. I mean, it was Alan Eagleson was still in charge of the of the uh, players association, he went to jail. So, so nice. you were trying to you're trying to make sure that you knew what where you were going to be and for how long. That that certainly was part of it, big part of it. From a goaltending standpoint, and not specifically from uh, yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights in any way, but I mean it does pertain to them in some ways. Yeah. What what do teams need from their goaltender to to have a run at a Stanley Cup, and maybe from a st- statistical standpoint? And I guess I'm asking that because the next question would be, does Vegas have that right now in their arsenal? Well, Vegas does have it in their arsenal when the guys are healthy. Right. You know, for sure. But that that's the big what if, right? With both Bressois and Leonard projected not to start the season potentially with the team because of injuries and rehab. What you need is what you saw from – uh, the, the avalanche. You need two goaltenders that can win. It, it no longer, and it's been a long time since you could put your backup in 25 times and and hope that you would get points, but realistically say, well, our starter got a rest. Those days are long, long gone. You, you have to have two guys that can win in stretches, depending on injury, depending on schedule, depending on travel. And well, I, I think the Golden Knights, as, we, as I said at the beginning, I, I think they have that, um, but we don't know what their starting point will be. So that's going to be a scrambled situation right from the beginning. Were you ever in a situation where uh, the team, uh, not necessarily because of injuries, underachieved the year before, and when, when you came back together, it was expected that you would do great things? And, and the... the evolution of that question is I've asked this quite a bit this week and everybody seems to be on board with we can automatically think that chemistry is going to come back to this team but I would say that it's not as easy as just being healthy I mean I think chemistry is a huge part of any team have you ever been in that situation and kind of walk us through how your team got to got through that uh, to begin that next year well, we didn't go from year to year. My my first year with the Kings, uh, we we started the season zero six and three. We had ties back then. <laughs> so, so Rogi Vishana comes in as a first year GM. Pat Quinn was our first year coach, and Rogi tore his trip up and down in two languages, or maybe mangled two languages, French and English. Merged the two of them. Pat Quinn kicked the water cooler and all this. <laughs> and we went nine and one. We went nine and one. So maybe we hadn't established any chemistry, but they made it perfectly clear that, you know, it finished 21st of our 21 team league the year before. 
and started zero six and three with a bunch of rookies. Six of us, I think, were rookies that that next year, and they just made it you know abundantly clear that wasn't going to be good enough. And we ran off nine and one and in the playoffs comfortably, just made it in to get just thumped by the Edmonton Oilers of the Gretzky era. So it was it was bittersweet to make the playoffs in that division back in the old Smite division. But we did what we were supposed to, and it came together, rookies and, and vets, and it, it's just about everybody looking in the mirror, really. Chemistry's no more than everybody living up to their expectation and their defined role. Yeah, exactly. So that's where, Glad that's, you said that. Right? That, that, yeah, it, that, that's the piece. It has to be defined. Everyone has to know what their expectations are from the coaching staff on any particular team, and then you buy into that wholeheartedly, and then you can start talking about chemistry. And you mentioned, too, just to go back to Robin Leonard, I mean, was it expected that he might not be ready for the beginning of the season? I, I, I'm just saying what I'm, I'm just like kind of hearing. I, don't, I haven't heard that from anybody official. I just think it was the surgery that he opted to have and the timeline for recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I've heard, but I haven't heard it from anybody in the know, if you will. Yeah. Um, I just think, you know, just based on the type of surgery he had, and, and the projected length of a, of, of a rehab situation to get him back into, uh, you know, NHL games. And that talk has been out there, so that's why I brought that up. And yeah. then I guess it brings me to my next question, and Darren, you know, Mark Stone, and, and you know, there's no doubt he'll, he'll do everything he can to get back, but when you're talking about surgery on the back, and I don't know, you know, you you know as well as I, the, the depth of anything that happens is never really made public. But, boy, when you're opening up anything on the back, that is a tough surgery and also a, a reason for some concern, I would assume. Yeah, again, I don't know. Uh, I'm really not um, you know, all that medically inclined in terms of knowledge. So, right. You know, when I hear these things, I'm always like, wow. That's, yes. You know that whether it's a knee, a back, uh, a neck with, with Eichel, you, you know the, the, the surgery leads to major intensive rehab and recovery. That, that's the reality. That, that much we know. The other thing is the guys have un, unlimited resources and, and really smart people in terms of getting them to the spot they, they need to be. But that's a lot of hard work and a lot of time in between, and I don't think you can – that's what you can estimate, but you can't because everyone's slightly different. Um, and then it's like, how how well can you come back from that um, in terms of performance? Unknown until you get back in there and, and see how everything uh, responds. Yeah, no, that's a great point. If you're, we know free agency starts this uh, this week. Yeah, and, and do you? And you're looking. Hey, look, the Golden Knights have lived in LTIR for quite a while now. I mean, do you anticipate any movement whatsoever? Would you be shocked? Do you think the team is happy where they are right now? Uh, do you anticipate there being any involvement from a night standpoint? Well, I don't know how much room they have just per se in terms of uh, cap being flat. Um, if you're just going to straight out add, I think anything would have to have some player movement. Um, it's been a very, as we know, a very active uh, franchise in terms of moving players in and out. Right. It would probably be more shocking if, if they were quiet. <laughs> and that's, that's just given the history. I agree, um, because if it, it was any other market, know? Darren, I, pr- I probably wouldn't have asked the question. <laughs> I mean, that's no, just the history. It, it, yeah, it's the history. You know, with, with development camp in town, you're looking at kids and, 
you know, right now. But a lot of these kids aren't going to impact the Vegas Golden Knights for three to four years. The kids that were, were drafted um, this year, like last week, you won't probably hear their names for, for three years, uh, minimum. But there's some guys in the camp, like Ivan Morozov and Brendan, Brendan Brassard, um, that you're that you're curious about. Um, Lucas Cormier, Caden Korzak, who played last year with, with the Henderson Silvernet. Um, you know, those are kids that are closer, but they don't factor into what your question just was about free agency. That's, that's about guys who are established NHL players um, that become available because you know make your team better. But well, how do you get there, given cap constraints? And, and as you mentioned, um, where the team is at you know at, at the cap when you take out the LTIR. And I also wonder too, and maybe I'm just kind of dreaming a little bit. But if they don't move tomorrow then that tells me they anticipate some of these guys being healthy because if they do move and make you know some maybe some depth moves uh, then maybe there's that's something to suggest that they might hide somebody on LTIR to start the season yeah maybe the stuff but you can't really make a big swing for somebody that's just a replacement you know temporary half right depth guys whatever you know yeah but you're not going to really make a big move for something like that I think you look more at um, the guys that they went and made sure had their qualifying offers were going to, you know, Nick Waugh and Ron Jared and Lassiz, and those two guys made the most of their opportunity last year. Uh, Nick Haig, uh, Colasar. So those are already your best players. You know, Dylan Coughlin uh, still under contract. So, yeah, I don't know that you go out into free agency and, you know, do something to bring a player in that this has a shelf life that's before the end of the season. I, I don't think. We're talking to Darren Elliott, uh, broadcaster, of course, and vice president of hockey programming for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, Darren, you mentioned Brisson. I mean, what does he need more seasoning in, in your view? I mean, he what he was in seven, eight games last year for, the, for Henderson. I mean, is he a guy that maybe could make this roster, or does he need more time in the A? Who does he push out? That, that's what you have to look oh, at. Right, right, exactly. I think, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, half a season uh, minimum in the American Hockey League. And the American Hockey League returns to, you know, full uh, interconference play. Um, so the it, it, full schedule, everybody playing the same amount of games. So it's it's going to be fun in the American Hockey League next season. Nobody wants to start there, but it's a nice way to start when it's in your own market. Um, I think Brendan Brisson starts there. I, I mean, I, I found I called one of his games uh, with Brian McCormick. Uh, we we did a televised game where, where I got to see Brisson play, and I've seen you know a lot of the clips from from Michigan. Um, it, it, yeah, it's a big jump, um, but he he is you know what he is advertised as as a scorer from that right side on the power play. He has that. He likes to you know make plays, but there's always things uh, you can you can improve upon. Same thing with like Ivan Morozov. Everybody wants to know what he's all about, right? Um, you know, so they're they're going to have a good team. That's the other thing. This this organization wants to have a very very competitive team at the AHL level. That you know, it's one thing about development. Uh, I've always you develop better when you win. <laughs> it's 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 one thing to say, oh, we're a developmental league. It's like yeah, well, uh, it's no fun losing. Even if you think you're developing your best picks, it's better to put them in a position of being successful 
And I know the organization wants to do that, including Brendan Brisson. I know I've been to developmental camps before with other uh, draft picks that the, the Golden Knights have mm-hmm. had high draft picks and thought, wow, they really don't stick out to me. And that's that's really a problem. And, and you know, eventually <laughs> that that's how it worked out, not because I knew anything. It's just my initial thoughts. Right. I, I mean, when you watch Brisson and, and you watch Morozov, I mean, are those guys that, that definitively stick out to you as guys that are maybe not quite NHL ready, but they are they are more than ready for the American Hockey League? Yeah, for sure. I, when I go, like, I'm, I'm at uh, Lifeguard Arena today. Um, I'm going to watch the scrimmages, obviously, over at City National Arena Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and, uh, and the guys that I, I've got circled, I, I've got two goalies I want to watch. Uh, uh, Isaiah Seville, who did so well mm-hmm. with Anderson Silver Knights at the end of his season. Uh, Cam Whitehead, uh, the goalie just drafted. Uh, and the reason being, he's in the USHL. He will be again next year. Then he's going to Northeastern. So we, we might not hear Cam Whitehead for five years. So I want to see what does that look like. What you know, he's got the six-three frame. Um, and then on D, Caden Korzak, I really liked his game in the AHL. That really came on. Uh, and Lucas Cormier uh, in the queue. Uh, those two defensemen. And then up front, like I said, Moroza, Brisson. And the two kids from this year, uh, Sepulvalev, uh, the first uh, pick that they had, uh, just because of his size. And uh, Jordan Gustafson, just because he was projected to be a first-round pick uh, in the front half of, of the season, uh, slipped to them. And they moved up to get him. Um, and we know the organization has done really well in those kinds of situations, projecting, uh, you know, kind of finding diamonds in the rough, however you want to term it, but uh, getting real good value uh, for those, like, mid-level picks. So those are, that's the, those are the guys that I have that I'll be watching specifically if anybody else jumps out. The other thing, too, you know, if, if you look at where this team was when you're talking about development camp when they first started, they barely had enough players. Yes, I, have, I was on a third line on, on that camp, the first camp. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly, right? So now they've got Almost made it. more players. Because, you know, the, the free agent college kids, they want to come to this organization now. You, you know that you'll get eyeballs on you with your American Hockey League. If you can get a job in the American Hockey League as a free agent, you have a, you're closer to the NHL than a lot of places because they're in the same market. And that means a lot. And, of course, the success they've had relative success the franchise has had and, and and hey it's vegas so it's a popular destination amongst players right now so it's it, uh it's quite a different dynamic now with the development camp and uh, it's kind of evolved over the last five years you, you've been an ice line uh ice level reporter I think you did yeah. some stuff for NBC and the Stanley Cup That's final. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just wondered, like, when you're at that level, and I've heard, you know, guys that have done that talk about that experience, and they've said, well, we can feel the speed on the ice. <laughs> when you're at developmental camp and you're right up against the glass, I, there's so many things other than goals and assists and plus minuses, but – do you really want to just feel that speed from a kid that you feel like everybody's counting on to make the team? Yeah, you're looking for details. I was actually on the glass yesterday when they were in scrimmage, but they they had workouts with, with both the squads, and um, you look for details. Um, lots of times, we uh, I was standing with uh, hockey director at, at City National, Adam Miller, and we were looking at uh, stealing a couple of drills from the new coach. <laughs> new coach and John means you get to. To look at some some new drills that you can take in and, and use with the, the youth hockey teams that we coach. So you know, it, it, from a player's standpoint, you're just looking for details. 
you know, it's like what, what stands out? You know, are they really strong in their skates? Uh, do they pick the puck off the board cleanly? Do they overhang it before they shoot? Do they dust it off? Do all those little kinds of things. It's, uh, hey, go to the rink. I'm happy, and that's where all the energy is for me. You of course. I mean, you don't. I don't even have to ask this because I can. I can feel it when you when you speak. I mean, you're a major hockey fan. You 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 work for the Vegas Golden Knights, but you love this game. And I wonder, in this age of free or this week of free agency, do you kind of allow yourself to say, "Wow, that would be great if Nazem Kadri went here, or if Malkin ended up there, and that would be great for the game." I mean, who's the guy that you're really interested to see where he lands, even if it's not Golden Knights related? Well, it's Evgeny Malkin. He's been a superstar in this league. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's uh, you know, you know they, they Pittsburgh, you know said okay we can't pay you that you don't you want to go into free agency we'll drop a five five point five on Ricard Raquel. Ooh, that has to tell me Malkin is absolutely it's not going. Got to sting him. A little bit. Huh? That's a little bit. Absolutely. Like, wow. uh, that's cold. So, but I mean, I'd like for him to. You know, go to Washington or, or go to Detroit, um, and, and just be that guy for like another two years, maybe. Just just have two years that you didn't expect because of his injuries and his age and uh, declining production, and he just shows you. I just remember being at the '06 Olympics uh, in Italy, and this kid came out uh, before he'd been in the NHL, and it's like, what? Is I've never seen him before in person, and. It was unbelievable to watch him fly around the ice as a 19 or 20 year old, whatever he was at that particular time. And and so I've always kind of been, uh, you know, like you said, I'm a fan, a huge fan of the game. I've been a huge fan of Evgeny Malkin. Um, loved the way that he stepped into the the role that uh, for Pittsburgh when when Sidney Crosby, the face of the league at the time, but him and Alex Ovechkin. He would step up and carry that team, and then when Sidney Kreiser would come back, he'd be, no problem, I'll be the best second-line center that you've ever seen. So um, I think good things. Be, I'm curious to see where he ends up and, and what that means for wherever he lands. And, of course, Washington would be fantastic because they're – Oh, wouldn't it? You know, I mean, it's, I don't ever at this point in a guy's career, I never – hey, look, if you're chasing a cup, you go right ahead. You've earned it. Yeah, well, and, you know – it's funny, Washington has a need, right? With Nick Backstrom helped in yes. the major jeopardy. And, and there's your money right there. You got Ovechkin there. So it's like, you know, that would be. That would be kind of fun. And then, you know, going to Detroit, I mean, that, that would be uh, that would be an option that people have talked about as well. It, it is an exciting time of year. And I, and I, I think as I get older, and, I, and maybe, you know, when I was a kid, I was so, zero, you know, focused in on my team. But as I get yeah. older and, and as I cover more of the league and everything that happens, I just kind of root for these stories. And I, I just, I can't remember a time where I thought the league was better than right now. Pretty darn good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really you've is. You've got Seattle. Seattle, uh, you know, they, they luck into uh, what, what could be a generational player. They've got uh, Maddie Beniers already there. So they got one, two centermen. So they're, now you're starting to get a little different strategy in how they're building their team uh, from an expansion standpoint uh, out here in the Pacific Northwest. So, so that's exciting, um, you know, for hockey out in this part of the country. Uh, yeah, the league, I mean, I'm, I'm not so enthused about. I mean, I'm curious, but uh, you know, the Arizona Coyotes, twenty of their first twenty-four games on the yeah, road, yeah. they're playing in a 
in a rink. They don't get many Friday nights or Saturday nights uh, because of the college schedule. Uh, we'll, it, again, curious more than, more than anything else with that one, uh, one situation. But across the board, Lots of great storylines. Well, if I'm being optimistic about that situation, it's it's the only situation in the league where you could play hockey and also get an education at the same time. Darren, we <laughs> always love having you on. You are terrific. One of my favorite guests. Uh, we hope you have a great summer. I assume you have a cottage like everybody else in the league, but we'll definitely uh, look forward to hearing your call again in the fall. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate talking hockey anytime. There he goes, Darren Elliott. From the Vegas Golden Knights, take a quick break. When we come back, Dave McCarthy from the NHL Radio Network will join us. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. 
STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. to Vegas Hockey Hotline brought to you by Station Casinos and the STN app from the Brian Blessing Studio. Uh, this is this is great stuff. This is another song that I think you have on your uh, on your playlist while you're chilling and your kids call it cribs nowadays or if you call it something else now. Uh, I just call it my house. <laughs> <laughs> because this yeah, is why I don't get college stories from you. Because yeah. you live at home still. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yep. Got to be smart with it. That's got to end. You know that. You start. No, I, no. I 100% know that's going to end. But I'm just saying, like, because you're just well, hanging on to the nest at this point. Well, my uh, my end goal is by the time I graduate, I'm able to start trying to buy the house I live in right now. So that's what I'm. Kinda, you got to get out. You gotta no, do your own thing. I'm, I'm gonna get my own. Stop hanging get, on. No, I'm gonna get my house. Get out. Go if, see the world. If I can get my house where it's at right now, where I have three schools right next to me, and I can live there for the rest of my life, and I can raise my kids there, Court, I'm more than happy. Uh, Court on blue doesn't count. I have elementary, middle school, and high school right next <laughs> yeah, to each other, man. School. And I have I have UNLV right next to it too, so I have all four. I don't have to worry about anything. Why is this important? Why is the elementary school important to you? Because if I want to have a family, then I can do it. I mean, there's elementary schools all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we talked about Evgeny Malkin, um, and and Darren Elliott brought up a great point. I mean, <laughs> you, you're signing guys, you know, and, and Malkin just wants – he's looking for term at this point. And – they're at an impasse, which they've talked about, um, you know, publicly, basically. And uh, Hextall has talked about this publicly. And then the next day after this came out, you go ahead and sign Ricard Raquel. And and if I'm if I'm Malkin and, and believe me, I understand the difference in age and I understand where the organization is coming from. Ricard Raquel, 29 years old. I understand. Evgeny Malkin at 35. He wants term. As far as the organization is concerned, there's no way, and you're not going higher than six, and you're really not going higher than three for a guy that, yeah, as your assistant captain, but a guy that has not shown he could be healthy for for long periods of time. 
That's a decision I would make. I, I'm 100% behind where the Pittsburgh Penguins are at this time. They resign Ricard Raquel for six years, $5 million. Now, I don't love six years. I'll be one of those guys in the NHL that does not like long-term deals. I just don't feel like it does anything except put you in a except put you in a bad position. These guys have sent eight-year deals. <laughs> Hold on a second, Chris. What, what's up? I, I can't read lips. What's up, buddy? I'm trying to tell you. Uh, I'm trying to get a cue right now of what's the call. So give me a second. You're trying to get a cue for uh, what's I'm the using call. the I'm using the cue to hear the call right now so through the headphones. So just give me a second. Oh, do you need to <laughs> shut my mic off again? Uh, I didn't shut your mic off at all. Oh you, no! You, you no, did. You know how no. I know I was talking and. Oh, I see. No, it went out, but I yeah, couldn't hear it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. There you go. See, I needed to. You look like you're in panic mode, so I had to break the train of thought. Kevin Kevin Weeks, of course, has come out, and anything that, anything that Kevin Weeks says is you know gold. Came out and reported that the Bruins and David Krejci are working on a one-year deal to come back to Boston to to run this thing back for one more year. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, you look at when they're where their contracts are, and I mean, look, Bergeron didn't come back. That would never happen. I expect everybody expects Bergeron to come back to to Boston, um, but it is one more year, and then I think Boston takes a step back. You can hear our next guest on SiriusXM's NHL Radio Network. Read his work on NHL.com. I've told him a hundred times that he's a bucket list guest of mine because on my way to the studio every day, I listen to him with Mick Kern on on the McCarthy Files on NHL Radio Network. Let's welcome to the show Dave McCarthy. And Dave, before we get into hockey, you did a promo video on top of your social media page for your Sunday brunch show and what looked like a shire in Ireland while you were dressed to play croquet sipping lemonade. Is this the normal way that you spend your Sundays doing the show? Yes. Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> it's that's, terrific. You guys, you guys are unfamiliar with, with my way of life here. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we enjoy the yard here on the estate. Uh, very much an outdoorsy type of guy. Um, yeah, we throw one of those out there every week. So that's not a one-time thing. And uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, the Shire from a, a borough in Ireland, yeah, I, I could go with that. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It. Yeah, no, uh, glad, glad I, uh, I aim to impress, Dana, and I'm glad it uh, piqued your interest. <laughs> Uh, of course, the free agency period starts tomorrow. Let's start with Malkin, who is looking for more term than obviously Hextall is willing to give. And is more term at thirty-five and six million per something in the le- that that someone in the league is willing to give him, or is he kind of up against it? I mean, it's interesting because it only takes one team, right? That's all that matters. If you're Evgeny Malkin. And, and I think there might be some teams out there that, that would be willing to give him some term. What I do find a little puzzling is that Pittsburgh seems to be operating uh, in two different fashions. On one hand, they're putting the squeeze to Evgeny Morgan, not wanting to hand out term, but then they turn yes. around and give Chris Letang six years on a deal that will take him till he's age 41 at, at over $6 million a year. So, you know, to me... 
if you're going to go halfway, you might as well go all the way. Because I hate to tell you, come years four, five, and six of that contract with Chris Letang, I don't think the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be any good. I really don't. Um, and there's no so, guarantee he will be healthy either. Well, that's exactly it. So if you're going to go down that road with Chris Letang, where to me it seems like the mindset is let's just keep the band together and take another couple of cracks out of what we've still got Sidney Crosby in his prime, and then the back end of that contract, well, you know, that's somebody else's problem. Why don't you go down the same route with Evgeny Malkin, who I, I grant you guys, you're right. He, he, he has an issue staying healthy at this point in his career, but when he was in the lineup for 40 games during the regular season and throughout the playoffs, he was still really, really good. He's a, a terrific hockey player for sure, and and that it's that's never in question. But what stung more, if you th- if for uh, for for Malkin, the Latang deal, or waking up and see that they gave term to Ricard Raquel? Yeah, I, I well. I think there, you can make an argument that there's something to both of those. Latang is a guy that's been around as long as he has, right? So, you know, your first reaction to me would be, okay, well, you're picking him over me. That's nice. <laughs> well, I guess they're not going to give term to anybody else. And then they give term to a guy in Ricard Raquel, who they just got last year at the deadline, uh, who I think is a, a useful player, but I don't think is a guy that, I'd be willing to give term two just because I don't, I don't see him as a guy that can drive his own line. You got to put him with a guy like a Malkin or like a Crosby um, in order for him to have success. He's not a driver of a line. So are you going to bring in someone else to play with him? If you don't do that, I don't really see the purpose in that. So I think on both fronts, if you're, you're Evgeny, you're kind of looking at it and saying, <laughs> what the hell? But as of right now, wouldn't Ricard, I mean, barring any moves that we don't foresee, would he not play in that Jeff Carter line on the second line? I guess. But so, you know, Jeff Carter is a guy that, you know, you're, I think to me, if you're, if you're Pittsburgh, I think you're a really good team if you can have Jeff Carter in a third-line role, help you on your power play. Um, look, we saw when, when Pittsburgh won their Stanley Cups, that third line was was so important to their success, right? Nick Benino, Carl Hagelin, and Philip Kessel. And, you know, we, we've seen it with Tampa Bay on their runs, the, the Gord, Coleman, uh, Goudreau line. Uh, you know, any team that wins their right. third line yes. seems to make such a huge impact. And if you could have uh, Carter on your team and, and build a third line around him, you know, limit his minutes to an extent because I think at this point in his career, I'm not sure the guy that I want playing 20 minutes a night. Like I see him kind of as a, a 13 to, to 15 minute a night type of guy and then load him up on the power play. You can have Malkin ahead of him. And again, the money, you got to work all that out. But then I think you're cooking. Without Malkin and, and elevating Carter in the lineup with, with Ricard Raquel, I'm not sure that's going to be deep enough, quite honestly, in this Eastern Conference. What are you hearing about Johnny Gaudreau? I mean, where does this saga end? And if it ends up with him not being in Calgary, can we anticipate a step back from the Flames? Uh, you'd have to. I mean, you lose a guy that was over a 100-point player. I mean, you, you, you have to take a step back, I think. And then the question is what happens with Matthew Gachuk? What becomes of his future with Calgary? Because he's an RFA arbitration eligible right now. He got a qualifying offer. But... 
if you're Kachuk, are you going to want to sign long-term in Calgary or being a year away from unrestricted free agency, are you going to want to play the year out and explore your options? The American kid, um, all that type of thing, similar to Johnny Gaudreau. I wouldn't fault the guy for wanting to do that. So if, if Johnny Gaudreau leaves, I think it totally changes the look of this Calgary team. What I'm hearing is that they've, they've presented him with an offer that is more than fair, more than fair, um, not insulting by any stretch of the imagination. And if he does ultimately decide to leave, it will not be about the money. It, it comes down to where he wants to play. Um, does he want to go back closer to home? He's born out on the East Coast in the United States. Um, you know, that likely will be what pulls at his heartstrings if he decides to leave Calgary. And we've seen it a number of times, like John Tavares, right, left the Islanders, came home to Toronto. There's a real pull for guys, and I totally understand that, and they've earned the right um, to, to, to make that decision once they get to unrestricted free agency. So I don't think if you're a Calgary fan, you can be angry at management if he does decide to leave because I think the offer has been more than fair. But if he does decide to leave, I completely understand that on, on Johnny's part. Where, what do we think about P.K. Subban at this point in his career? I mean, early on you were willing to take the extra stuff because he was able to back it up. But I just tend to think he can still help a contender. But I just don't have a gauge on how much interest teams are uh, in getting him. I, I just don't hear his name come up as somebody like a must-have guy uh, in somebody's room at this point. Uh, I wouldn't have much interest, to be honest with you. If I'm a general manager of a contending team, I think PK's game has really eroded over the last three or four years, certainly from where he was uh, during his time early in Nashville. Like, you watch the guy play last year, he just, he just can't get around the ice, right? And if you can't skate in today's game, you can't keep up with the pace. Right. You, you, can't, you can't play, right? And, and um, if, he's, if he's going to come in, he's a bottom-pairing guy at very best. But then you say, okay, well, what type of a role do I want my bottom-pairing guys to be able to fill? Generally, you know, I want some some meaner characters, some nasty specimens, so to speak, that can take some heavy minutes, uh, that can kill penalties. I I don't see PK being able to, to fill that kind of a role. He's not particularly physical. Um, he's not particularly difficult to play against at this point in his career. He's not a guy that I really want killing penalties. Um, you know, even on the power play, Generally, if I'm going to a contending team, right, if I'm a contending team, I've already got a guy in the top four that's, that's probably running my power play. So I just, I, I just don't see the fit, to be honest with you, at this point in time for a contending team at P.K. Subban. We're talking to Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM NHL Network and NHL.com. Please tell me what's going on with the Leafs goaltending situation. I mean, make some sense of it. Where, where are they going? What's going to happen in, in, in October when the, when the season starts? I mean, it, it just looks like I just can't put my finger on what the end game is for them in the crease. Well, I'll put it this way. Um, in nine months, if I'm wrong, I'll apologize, but I don't see this move working out particularly exactly. well. Just got off. Exactly. Just got off the phone with Matt Murray about an hour ago, 
and he said all the right things. He's, he's really looking forward to resurrecting his career in Toronto after he admitted his time in Ottawa did not go the way that he, he hoped that it would. Um, he was focused supremely on the future um, and, and bouncing back to, to where he was in 16 and 17 when he was thought of as one of the top goalies in the league helping Pittsburgh to Stanley Cups. But here's the issue. Um, you can want to do all of that and I'm sure that he does. But I'm just not convinced that he's going to be able to stay healthy because he has not been able to do so for, for the last number of years, toward the end of his tenure in Pittsburgh and the last couple of seasons in Ottawa. And after going through a year in Toronto last year where you had a guy in Peter Morazic who was unable to stay healthy and then when he was healthy wasn't particularly good, that, that's kind of how you describe uh, Matt Murray's career over the last three years, except for the fact that you're now paying him about a million more dollars than you were paying Peter Morazic. So, <laughs> look, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's really puzzling. When, when this started to surface about a month ago, quite honestly, I thought it was a joke. I thought some Muppet on Twitter was trying to stir something up. Um, I not really did not... You know, never there. I really did not think that was that was going to be anything that would nearly come to fruition for a general manager in Kyle Dubas, who this is a make it or break it season. I thought last year was, and and yet he's he's been allowed to continue to run it back again. If it goes south again, I do not see how he can retain his job, and he's putting his bet Absolutely now correct. on a guy. Who is uh, who, who? Who is constantly seeming to be hurt, and when is is in the lineup hasn't been particularly good. Here's the kicker in the whole thing, though. Kyle Dubas was the general manager of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. Sheldon Keefe was the head coach of Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, who was the goalie during a good part of their run with Sault Ste. Marie. Matt Murray. So they're going back to a guy that they have familiarity with back in the Ontario Hockey League, but that was that was 12 years ago. Um, I'm not convinced it's going to work out as well this time around. I couldn't agree with you more. Dave, we appreciate your time very much. You're terrific. Uh, tell everybody where they can find your work because we want to make sure that uh, our tens and tens of listeners get to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the Sunday brunch on uh, on NHL Network Radio, 11 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. It's the uh, season finale, in fact, coming up. Uh, this Sunday, and then my work as well at, at NHL.com. Great to be on with you, boys. Really appreciate it. Thank Anytime. you so much. Enjoy your Shire. And there go there he goes, Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM NHL Network. We want to thank Darren Elliott for coming on, Alan Snell for coming on from LV Sports Biz, and, of course, Steve Cofield from Cofield & Company from ESPN 1100 Las Vegas. Packed show today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. A reminder, we're not going to have a – we won't be here tomorrow. We're going to replay last Wednesday's show. So Mark Lawrence will be on previewing the Big Ten again. And the next week, next Wednesday, he'll be back on live, and we'll talk about the Big 12. For Chris the Moose Johnson, I'm Dana Lane. Thanks for joining us. Have a terrific afternoon. It's the good old hockey game. Second period. Where players dance with skates of flash. The home team trails behind. But they grab the puck and go bursting up. And they're down across the line. They storm the trees like bumblebees. They travel like a burning flame. We see them slide the puck inside. It's a 1-1 hockey game. 
Yeah. 